Well, Lord, we pray now as we open Your Word together that that we would have open hearts to hear what it is You have to say to us. And I want to pray, Lord, now that You would come, that You'd move in power by Your Holy Spirit among us. Stir within our hearts, we pray, Lord. May we align our hearts, surrender our hearts, Lord, to the things that You long for us as Your people, the plans and purposes You're unfolding. So come, Holy Spirit, in these moments, we pray. Speak powerfully to us through Your Word, we ask. Every heart, wherever we are on the journey, Lord, you want to meet with us this morning. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So great to be sharing with you today on our Vision Sunday. Big welcome to those joining us online today as well. And across all of our services today, I'll be sharing some of the visions that God is calling us into for this season ahead, this year ahead and beyond that as well. And I believe it's a particularly significant time for us because we are actually stepping into our 30th year as a church, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah, definitely, praise God. 30 years of ministry in this community, this city and beyond. And over that time, we have seen God do some incredible things. It's right that we just give Him praise this morning. And we're going to be doing that um, more during this year as well, honouring Him and thanking Him for all that He's done. But as we step in, now to this new season in a way. The word that God has put on my heart for us uh, for this year is found in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. And it says this. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. On a group of islands north of mainland Norway in the remote this remote Arctic archipelago is a building that stands, which is the Doomsday Global Seed Vault. There it is, there's a picture of it. It looks like something out of a space movie, I know, but it is real. In this enormous structure, um, they hold millions of seeds from all around the world that are collected up. And what it is, is essentially like a massive natural freeze. And the purpose of this vault is to protect the world's crop diversity from natural or man-made disaster. So in other words, if there is a major catastrophe that wipes out much of the world's food resources, we will have something with which to start over again. And not the most optimistic outlook on the future from our global community, I know, but this is the reality. And in fact, Neil Bernard told me before the service, he has been to this vault So it's real. Neil can testify to it. How amazing is that? So this vault, the seed vault um, north of Norway. And what I think is so interesting about this vault that it highlights the importance, the value of a single little seed. Now, I brought a pack of seeds with me this morning. I'm just going to grab one of them out of this pack. Um, And I know you can't even see that, but trust me that there is actually a seed that I'm holding there. It's a mustard seed pack that I've got there, this tiny little seed. And it seems when you look at it, when you hold it, it seems so small, so insignificant, of little value or worth really. I mean, I've got a whole pack of them here. And yet this little seed holds incredible potential of of bringing forth life, incredible life-giving potential in this tiny little seed. And it's of such significance and value that the global community would would build a vault in this Arctic archipelago to protect seeds just like this one here. And I want you to capture this morning the potential in each and every little seed. Jesus spoke about it this way from a kingdom perspective. He said in Matthew 13, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field, though it is the smallest of all seeds. 
Such a tiny little seed, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. There is this, Jesus saying, there is incredible life-transforming power in every little kingdom seed that is sown. And often it might feel very small or insignificant at the time when you are having that spiritual conversation with a friend or when you help trim someone's garden at a Yes We Care Day or when you organise a meal for a neighbour or you turn up to a prayer meeting again and pray another prayer or, you know, here on a Friday night at Switch Youth or Sunday morning at Buzz or serving in the op shop or whatever you're doing, you might think, Lord, is it really that significant? You know, is there really any fruit from this? Is it really having an impact? And maybe you think like that at times. But I want to tell you that every single little seed, never discount, never underestimate the significance of every little seed sown, no matter how insignificant it may seem to you at the time. Every seed holds incredible potential to bring life-transforming power to others. And I'm very aware of the blessing that we know as a church Family here is because of people who have faithfully sown seeds over the last 30 years. People who have turned up at prayer meetings and prayed thousands of prayers and held outreach events in our community and welcomed people and had conversations and given, given generously to God's kingdom work here. And every one of those seeds sown is part of the reason for the blessing that we know and experience and many of those seeds were sown at you know, great cost and sacrifice and people putting aside their own desires to say, yes, God, I'm going to sow into what you're doing here. And we stand in the blessing. We are experiencing the blessing of that. And this particular passage that God has put on my heart for us for a church in this season, Paul is actually talking to the Corinthians, if you know the context, about a financial gift, in fact, that they had promised, the Corinthian believers had promised to other churches. And, and he is encouraging them about how financially sowing um, is a part of sowing in God's kingdom seed. But that is only one aspect of it. And, and I want to look at this passage in the context of the many ways in which we are able to sow kingdom seed because this same principle applies to all of them. So let's look at this passage a little bit closer this morning. The first part says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the word sparingly is defined as something done in a restricted or an infrequent manner in small quantities. And another definition says sparingly is defined as something done in a frugal manner. Now, I want to say that there's nothing necessarily wrong with being frugal in certain circumstances. I came across a a device, um, which I thought, I'm definitely going to get this for my house. I think we've got a picture of it. It's a device to get the maximum amount of toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube. I think there's a photo of it. I'm ordering some of these. There it is. I'm ordering some of them for my house, definitely. How good is that? Nothing wrong with being frugal when it comes to using toothpaste. I found another image around being careful with how much we use power. I think we've got an image here. I'll read it to you because you might not be able to see it, but it's a little note put on a, uh, an air conditioning controller, a heating controller. It says this. It's from overseas, but it says, if you, unless you answer yes to all of these, do not turn on. Turn on the heat. Are you wearing a hoodie, pants, socks? Is it November? Do you pay the gas bill? I love that. I'm putting that on all of my switches around the house as well. Frugal's not always bad. It can be a good thing. But when it comes to sowing kingdom seed, we are not to be frugal. We are not to sow sparingly. Whoever 
sows generously, the verse continues. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And we know this is a basic farming principle. If you only put a few seeds in the ground, well, you can expect just a small harvest in return. If you only plant seeds in just a small section of the ground, well, you're only going to get a harvest from that small area in which you have sowed the seed. But on the other hand, if you step in and you spend more time and, and effort and resources and energy in getting more seed into that ground, then you can be expectant for an even greater harvest. This is a, the principle, the potential harvest to come is always dependent, directly dependent on the amount of seed sown. This is a true agricultural principle and Jesus is saying it's the true, Paul is saying this is true spiritually as well as we sow kingdom seed. It's for this reason that as followers of Jesus, we are not to sow sparingly. We are not to hold back. We are not to lock the seed away, you know, in a, in a vault for safekeeping. No, we are to sow generously in faith. And the reason I feel this is so significant for us as a church in this season is because it could be a, there could be a tendency for us to look back over the last 30 years and see all that God has done, all the seed sown, the blessing that has come. And after 30 years, we might be tempted to say, okay, it's now it's time to take it a bit easier. You know, we're seeing the blessing, a lot of seed sown, a lot has been poured into it. And we're seeing God do so much and now we can cruise along a little bit. We might be tempted to think like that. Or we might look at the unprecedented, unprecedented challenges before us in this time and generation and think, well, now is not really the time to sow seed. And now the, the challenges, you know, are too great before us. The, the ground's too dry. The conditions are not right. Let's instead pull back a little bit. Let's lock that seed away in the vault, protect it, preserve it. Sometimes we can think like this. These thoughts can go through our mind. But the call that God is giving us as His church, as we step into this 30th year, as we celebrate all He has done, is that we are now not to start sowing sparingly or cautiously. In fact, just the reverse. As we look back and see that all as God has done through those seeds that have already been sown, He is saying now we are to sow further and wider than ever before. We are to sow more generously and more open-handedly than we have ever done in the history of this church. That is the call that God is giving to us as His people. And here are the promises from God if we will follow in obedience to Him. The first is this, as we keep reading this passage, the first is this, He will keep supplying us with everything we need. We are not going to run out or come up short. Listen to verse 8. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I love this promise. Sometimes, sometimes we can be fearful of stepping out in faith because we're worried that we won't have what it takes. Sometimes I can be fearful about stepping forward in faith because I'm I can think to myself, God, I'm not sure that I've got what it takes. I'm not sure. I think we might come up short in that. But here we see that when we are faithful in sowing generously, God's promise is that we will not come up short, that He will give us, He will provide for us, He will resource everything that needs to happen. I love this. In all things at all times, He says, we will have what we need so that we can abound in the work He has called us to. What a great promise for us to hold on to. The second truth is this. Is that when we sow generously, we can know with confidence that it is God who brings the harvest, not us. And this is incredibly freeing for us. It fills me with faith. This is what verse 10 says. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that is God, 
will also supply and increase your store of, of, of seed. There it is again, he's going to supply all we need. And, th- and then this part, and he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And here we see who it is that brings about the harvest. It's not us. The harvest is not on us, but it is God who comes and brings the harvest. The harvest belongs to him. Salvation belongs to our heavenly father, doesn't it? And our job is to plant the seed faithfully. No matter how small it might seem, we are just to get on with the task of planting generously in faith and then water that and then we can trust the Holy Spirit to come and bring the harvest in His perfect timing, a great harvest that He longs to bring. 1 Corinthians verse three, chapter 3, verse 7 puts it like this. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. He is the one that, that brings the harvest about. And this frees us and fills us with faith. Our job is pretty simple in many ways, isn't it? Our job is to say, okay, God, we're going to, be, we're going to get about sowing that seed, that kingdom seed generously, and then praying in faith for the Spirit of God to come and to move. And then we can trust the Holy Spirit to come and to do His part, to bring a great harvest. And this is His heart. This is His desire. This is what He longs to do. And He will do this in His perfect timing, but we can trust Him. And as we look back over the history of the church, this has been our story again and again. We've seen God move in this way, move faithfully. A seed has been sown and this same truth fills me with faith for the future. On the 21st of July last year, Brisbane won the right to host the 2032 Olympic Games, which was pretty exciting, wasn't it, when we heard that news? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have the... uh, Olympics in your own home city on our very doorstep. And I think the first thing most of us did was try to work out how old we'd be in 2032. And that was a bit confronting for many of us as we tried to do those calculations. But I also remember on hearing that announcement, having a really strong impression, uh, almost as soon as I heard the announcement, in fact, that it was no accident that the Olympics were coming to Brisbane in 2032. That this wasn't some coincidence but actually that this was part of God's plan to fulfill the things he has said to us as a church about the reviving move of the Holy Spirit, which he longs to bring to this community, our city and beyond. We know that, don't we? It's not an accident that the Olympics are coming. God is sovereign. He is over all things. Imagine in 2032 for a moment, the Olympics in our home city, all the nations of the world literally coming to this, to this city And over 3 billion people around the world tuning in from all the nations of the world to watch what is happening here in our, in our, literally in our backyard. What a God opportunity, don't you think? This is what I sense God was saying. What an opportunity. And also I sense strongly um, in this that this was part of God saying, I am unfolding a plan. And the real seal for me on this was on the 7th of August last year when Australian high jumper Nicola McDermott won the silver medal at the Tokyo Olympic Games, just a couple of weeks after the announcement of the Games coming to Brisbane. And if you remember, between each jump, she had a little journal she was writing in. She had verses of Scripture and verse references on her hand um, that that was very significant for her and very um, unclear when she was on the television there. And after she received her silver medal, she was interviewed on national television and these are the words that she spoke. She said this, I just want to say thank you to Australia for being on this journey with me to this gold. This silver feels like gold to me today. 
And my hope is that the stadiums will be filled again in a post-COVID world, maybe not even just for athletics performances, but we will see revivals again in the stadiums. And that people would hear a message of faith and the gospel and really inspire like they did with Billy Graham decades ago. That's my dream from this medal. How incredible is that? That she would speak that out on national television is incredible. Now, I didn't see the interview live because it was in the middle of the night sometime, but um, Pastor Peter sent me the video link the next morning. And as I watched it, I couldn't believe what I was hearing It was as though Nicola was speaking on national television the exact words we have prayed so many times as a church, almost word for word, in fact, what she was saying. Um, And it was as though she'd been in our prayer meetings in a way. And from, of all peoples, an Olympian at the Tokyo Olympics, the very time, just weeks after it's announced that the Olympics are coming to Brisbane. And for me, I want to tell you, I was moved deeply within my spirit. It was like this seal God put on my heart saying that I am putting things together. The things that you have prayed about, the things that are on your heart, they are not just on your heart alone, but I'm putting it on the hearts of many, even, even Olympian over there in Tokyo. And that he is already putting things together. He is already moving and orchestrating things. And I believe that this decade ahead is going to be a really significant decade for us as a community, as a city. I believe that this is a time of harvest that we are stepping into. And God is putting things together. And he wants us to look forward with the eyes of faith to see what it is that he longs to do. And God is calling us as a church in this season, not to limit him in any way, not to pull back, not to hold back, not to start being cautious in some way, but to continue to reach out, to continue to sow generously in faith. And as I've been praying over this, I feel God has stirred within my heart a, a, a picture of what this move of God would look like. And as I pray about this move of God, the move of God that I see in my heart is a move of God so great that church buildings are literally overflowing with people coming, crowding in to hear the good news of the gospel. The move of God that I see in my heart is a move so great that, that online services are, are going viral where people are hitting on that above every other thing online because they want to watch on and see what the Spirit of God is doing in churches and in services. And people are hearing this good news. The move of God I see is so significant that whole communities are literally being transformed where there is hopelessness and where there is uh, oppression. There, it, Communities are set free and transformed by a move of the Spirit of God. And this move is so great that I see that I, I see stadiums filled again with people gathering together to worship Jesus. I see that with the eyes of faith. And this blessing, this move of God I see is so great that it's not just for this community or our city, but literally it is to flow as blessing to the nations of the world. And I see what God is putting together orchestrating is no coincidence, but part of the plan that he is unfolding. And to see a move of God like this, I believe God is calling us. He says, now, this is your task. Your task is now to get about sowing again, so more generously, so further and wider than ever before over this next 10 years and continue to pray in faith for the things that I'm going to do. But we're going to begin to see more and more glimpses, more and more. We're going to see that move of God among us over this season. And so with this in mind, I want to share with you, take a few moments to share just a few of the visions that I sense God is calling us into for this season ahead. And the first is the development of what we are calling frontline missional communities. 
And we are the church, obviously, not just when we're here on a Sunday. We've been hearing about this the last couple of weeks. We are the church, yes, when we're gathered, but also when we're spread out during the week in all the different locations and places where God has strategically placed us. Imagine if tomorrow at lunchtime we could map where we all are across the city, the church of Jesus, right across the city, all the networks, all the locations across the community and city. It would be amazing to see the network of his church, the places where God has put us strategically to, to reveal his love, to reveal his grace. And so as a church, um, we are so thankful and it's so critical, the ministries that happen here in the church um, here on our location is so critical. The many different ministries, the street light, the soul op shop, the Sunday bars, the switch. We need people connected into these ministries to help us. But just as important are the ministries that God is calling you to, your missional communities on your front line as well. And your frontline missional communities, wherever God has placed you during the week, to literally be his very presence in that place, to shine his light and his love. It might be in your workplace. It might be in your neighbourhood. It might be for you in the school community where your kids are connected. It might be for you in the craft group. For some, it might even be in the hospital ward where they are undergoing treatment. But God places us on these frontline missional communities. And there are so many different expressions of this. And this is already happening right across the church. I know of someone in this church who is the president of a local sports club in our community, and it's not because their kids are still involved in that sport, that finished a long time ago, but because they have felt called by God very intentionally to step into that role. There's lots of other things that this person could be doing on a, on a weekend and during the week, but he has felt particularly called that he is meant to step into that role, to have an impact, to be the light and life of Jesus um, shining into that community. That is his frontline missional community. I know of business owners in the church who see their business as their missional community, using it to be a blessing to their employees and their, um, their, their staff, as well as the clients they're, they're reaching out to. I know of another person in this church who has voluntarily coordinated a walking group for years in her local neighbourhood um, and, and sees this as her frontline missional community. And so many incredible opportunities have opened up through this walking group to share the love of God with these ones that are a part of that. I know of others who love fishing and use this intentionally, take others with them out on a, on a, on a fishing trip to, to see it as their frontline missional community. I know of parents who see their, their school community where their kids are placed as this incredible opportunity to reach out, to bless others, to reveal God's love in that school community, their frontline missional community during the week. And I even know of people in this church, a number in fact, who as they undergo treatment because of the health challenges they face, they see those hospital wards, those treatment rooms as their frontline missional community and they are able to share in incredibly powerful ways with those who they are doing the journey with. You know, there's no way that as pastors we could get to all those different places and locations during the week. But the good news is this, we don't have to. We don't have to be there. Because we are all ministers of the gospel. As we have commissioned and inducted Neil today, the risk could be that you think, well, it's only those who have been inducted up here that are, that are called to be ministers of the gospel. I want you to hear clearly this morning that every single one of us are ministers. We are all called to be a part of this. And, and at the end of the service, in fact, I'm going to pray. Neil's going to come and he's going to commission. As he's being commissioned, he's going to commission all of us this morning. We're all being inducted as ministers of the gospel this morning. And when we grab hold of this, 
concept, frontline missional communities, the potential sowing of kingdom seed is multiplied 10 times, 100 times, 100 fold. The, the reach is so much greater. And so we are longing, we are asking, praying that every single one of us will ask the Holy Spirit to show us where is my frontline missional community? Every single one of us engaged in our frontline missional communities, whether it be here in the church doing something or whether it be out where God has placed you, but all of us would step into this. And as part of this, we are actually going to be um, collecting a, a, a list of the different areas. In fact, at the end of the service today, we thought let's just launch it straight away today. There's going to be an opportunity for you to actually write down your name, your email address, and a brief description of the missional community where you are, where God has placed you, so that we can pray for you as a church, so that we can support you, that we can stand with you, just like the other ministries in our church, to say this is so important what you're doing, this is so significant, we want to stand with you and pray for you. You'll have an opportunity to do that. If you're online, there's actually a, a Google document where you can put your details in there as well so we can pray for you. And as part of this, we see this is so significant. We're actually um, calling um, Pastor David into an expansion of his role. And if you know David, you know how passionate he is about seeing people reaching out on their front lines with the good news of the gospel. And so he's going to be an expansion of his role. He's going to be stepping into this. So he'll be pastor for young adults and for frontline missional communities. And he's going to be coordinating this and helping coordinate prayer for all the different missional communities and encouraging you and standing with you and supporting you. And so we are really excited about this vision. I think we should um, encourage David too as he steps into this role. It's going to be awesome. The other vision, the second vision that I want to share with you along this theme of sowing more generously than ever before is around our bridge care ministry. And there's so much God is doing in this space, including our soul op shop and the cafe up there. We know a key part of sowing generously is caring for people across our community. Jesus' heart was to go to the broken heart, to help those in need. This is Jesus' heart. And for us, this is our heart as a church as well, to continue to love people in a greater way than ever before, in practical ways, loving people. And we've seen so much fruit flow through our bridge care ministry, um, through Streetlight, through Soul Op Shop, through the bridge care community teams that go out. But Soul Op Shop has particularly been an amazing part of this journey more recently. And our heart behind this space when we started it, it was a big step of faith, as you know, if you've been with us as part of this journey, was, was to create a space where people could come and experience the presence of God in community, experience His love and His care for them in a very relaxed and informal and safe place. And when we launched this, we weren't sure what was going to happen, but it's been incredible to see the impact this has had as People have come from all across our community to share in that op shop, in the, share in the cafe space up there. There is not a week that goes by where there is not an opportunity to pray for someone up there, to share with someone in a spiritual conversation, just story after story after story that has flowed. Here's one story, in fact, from someone who brought a family member um, to the op shop last year. And this is what they wrote, just a snippet of the email they sent in. Uh, we decided to both head off to Seoul after we finished. And when we arrived, the op shop crew was super encouraging. And as I sat down with her to have a coffee, I could see the joy on her face as she had been welcomed so well. As we were chatting over coffee, the mood suddenly began to shift, as so often seems to happen at Seoul, to deeper discussions. She all of a sudden opened up about some of the hard things going on in her life. She began to cry as she shared about some of the stresses that were troubling her. You could tell that she felt so comfortable to share deep things in the Holy Spirit-filled environment that Seoul seems to be becoming synonymous for. 
Later that week, I received a text message asking to find out what service we attended at Bridgie because she felt like they, they needed to start attending. It was such a blessing to know all of a sudden that there was a desire to go to church, not just a sense of obligation to go when invited. And I remember hearing people pray in the lead up to the op shop opening that it would become a safe haven for people to share their lives and to find acceptance. One year on from an opening, it is clear that it has become an environment for people to genuinely experience the love of Christ and a bridge for them to comfortably take that step to join our church family. How good is that church? Isn't it incredible to read that testimony from someone in our own church? And so with this in mind, we have plans to, to expand the space there. Our community garden team up there, we're looking to expand the space for them up there this year. And not only that, but actually the actual op shop space itself so we can welcome more people. I was up there this week, they'd run out of food in the first part. I was able to help Lynn take some more food up there, but we want to create more space that people can come up there. So we're going to be sharing some more about these visions in the coming months. The final vision I want to share this morning, in line with this vision of sowing generously further, wider than ever before, is around some new developments in our online outreach space. And as you know, God has been using this online technology to reach further than we could have ever imagined. In fact, there is no limit to the reach of how God can use this technology to reach more and more people. And so part of this continued development online now, there's a few that come under this, but the first is this. We're launching today a team of people, of Bridgman Online hosts. So these are people who will be online, live as the service happens, just to welcome people online, chat with people in real time while they're on there. So if you're online this morning, we're so glad you're linking in with us, and we're going to do more just to keep connecting with you online as well. And to get us started, to pioneer this ministry space, Carly Oldham, Chris Pilt, Helen Young, Rob Mora, and Michael Fashina are stepping out in faith. And we, we're going to learn as, as we go. They're going to learn as they go. But we want to encourage them. Can we put our hands together and thank this team for stepping out in this way. And we are praying for the, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit for them, that they will know great wisdom as they continue to connect with those online as well. And the other aspect of this further development in the online outreach space is the redevelopment of our website to make it more seamless with our online services. So it's more interconnected so that people jumping online, it's easy to connect through with many of the other um, aspects of the church and ministries in the church as well. So be praying for our team as they do that. It's a big job redeveloping that website. We'd be praying for them. And another aspect, in fact, talking about the impact of those online services, a few weeks ago now I received an email uh, from a local emergency service worker who works in our community here. And we've been just connecting through Bridgecare, actually, um, just trying to assist where we can in the work, the amazing work that our emergency services people do on the front line. And uh, he's not a regular church goer, but has started tuning in to our online um, ministry as well. And the other week, he sent this really encouraging email, which is for all of us as a church. This is what he wrote. He said, morning, hope you're well. Just some feedback for your church down there. I just listened to the recent Trish Broadbent message on your podcast link on the way to work. Good message. Felt it was for me and I got a lot out of it. Thank you for making the work you do down there available for people like me. I listen to most of your podcasts on the way to and from work. They really do assist. Thanks again and stay safe. How, how awesome is that, church? I love stories like that. The blessing flowing. We, we never should underestimate the impact of how God is working and blessing and moving among us. And added to this, we've recently purchased some software and some equipment to help us to get our 
online services translated into all the different um, languages again, which we're going to be launching back in the near future, which the team are excited about. And one final aspect of this online outreach has to do with our English online ministry as well. Shree, who's part of our church family here, he has expertise in the IT space. And a little while back, he put his hand up and said, you know what, I'd like to bless this ministry. And he's actually developing a platform. He's been working on this to create a platform where as people link into the online English classes, it actually comes up in their own language, which assists these students enormously if they can start off you know, the, the details there in their own language. But not only that, opens up incredible opportunities for that to continue to grow and expand. As you can imagine, if people can read it in their own language, a class to learn English, it makes it so much easier for them to link in. And so I think we should thank Shri as well for the work he's doing in that space is exciting. The gifts of the body are incredible. And uh, in fact, English Online, you may have read in our newsletter, the little note about it. It's incredible what God is doing. It just launched just the other Saturday. But let me read to you just a little of the note that's in your newsletter. Um, it says that when it launched um, the other Saturday, there were students from Vietnam, Japan, Colombia, Vietnam, Angola, Iraq, Iran, and Malaysia. And one Persian lady got up at 4 a.m. to join the class. Oh, I think that is amazing. Like, talk about reaching the nations of the world from our doorstep. And we should actually thank Avon Evans and the amazing English Online team. Can we encourage them and thank them for all they pour into that space? They're looking for more helpers, in fact. So if this is maybe your missional community that God's calling you to, jump in there would be a blessing. There are many more visions I could share this morning. But this is God's word for us this morning. We are entering, I believe, a decade of, of harvest, a decade of blessing with great opportunities that God is opening up before us, putting things together, orchestrating things. And the Holy Spirit is already moving. He's already doing this. And he's putting it not just in our hearts, but the hearts of many people right across this city and beyond that as well. And our call this morning is to keep sowing generously in faith, not to hold back, not to become cautious, but to sow generously and sow far and wide so that we might see in our generation a mighty harvest, a move of the Holy Spirit where truly we would see so much blessing flowing. There's one last part of this passage we're looking at today that I want to highlight as we finish. And this is um, where it finishes in verse 11, it says this, and you'll be enriched in every way. If you're sowing generously, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And here's the last truth I want to leave you with. And it's this, the reality is, is that sowing seed often involves great cost, great sacrifice, it's not always easy going. If a farmer's out there plowing the fields and putting in seeds, it's hard work often. It involves laying aside our own desires and our own will and stepping in to the things that God is calling us to, dying to ourselves and stepping in to his plans and purposes. Sometimes the ground will be tough and dry. Sometimes it's going to be full of weeds and it's going to be hard going and overwhelming at times. And there's going to be moments along the journey when these challenges come where there might be a moment where you say, God, I can't do this anymore, you know, it's too hard. But I want to tell you that it is all worth it, church. It is so worth it. 
That as the harvest begins to come, as lives, as we witness lives transformed, it always leads to great thanksgiving and an unspeakable joy that fills our hearts and our lives. There is nothing greater, no great experience in this life than to see the harvest coming of the seeds that have been planted. And I had an experience of this on Monday night. I had the privilege of being at Streetlight as they held their first ever baptisms in the park and David and the team have actually been sowing faithfully down there for around nine years in fact now I think it has been and that's a long time talking about a decade here ahead of us that's a long time isn't it of turning up every Monday night of being there in the midst of there's been plenty of challenges along the way for that team it's been far from easy and straightforward ministering in that space but on Monday night we were able to celebrate together in the harvest and it truly was incredible in fact it was one of the greatest highlights of all my ministry experience that I've been a part of it was amazing to be there the joy the thanksgiving in this occasion and we are blessed that we're able to capture some of that on video to share with you as a church so we're going to watch this together now check out the blessing that comes through harvest let's watch this together Thank you for coming. It's a very special moment for us here at Streetlight. We're doing our first baptism. It's just a wonderful expression of our faith. Um, and that's what it's going to be today for both Karen and Amanda. I came to Jesus when I was 15. And that wasn't very hard to do because I'd grown up with so much love and with a summer school background and church attendance. But I came to the cross and was forgiven then, which is just as well because I've messed up a lot since. <laughs> the biggest stumbling block to my faith was the incredible amount of grief that's come our way. Nine years ago, I think, I walked into this park and I was pretty much done, not with my faith, but with the fact that the people I'd loved most were all gone, other than my husband and kids, you know, that's a taking. And I walked in here and I felt I'd come home. I want to thank you that David's given me the opportunity and Bridgman has to do this here because this is my heart, but also you're my family and Jesus, is family for you too because if you've done one thing wrong or a million that forgiveness is the same everybody this is Amanda hi Amanda Amanda's been on an amazing journey she really has um, she's been with us for a while um, on and off for about three or four years um, the journey over six months last six months has been quite amazing um, a lot of us have seen a change in her, that uh, Jesus has come into her life. It's been quite amazing uh, and a privilege to see. I want to thank you all at Streetlight for showing me love, for showing up and for showing me Jesus. I have been going to church for a while now and I want to thank Paul and Beth for taking me in the boys. I have learned so much about Jesus' sacrifice for me. I love my boys and my family here and I want to continue to grow 
in Jesus. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. You declare that Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Yes, I do. I do. On that declaration, and because you've requested it, yep. it's Beth and I's absolute privilege to baptize you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How good is that, church? In fact, I think Karen and Amanda are here in our service today. Can we put our hands together and just really encourage them and bless them? And our streetlight team, Dave, Ben, the whole crew of them, in fact, down there. I want to tell you it's all worth it. It's all worth it, church. I didn't even have to ask Dave this morning or Ben or the crew, is it worth it? It's worth it, isn't it? It's all worth it. Nine years of sowing, it's all worth it. I want to be a part of that. And I trust that you want to be a part of that too. And we need the help of every person in this decade ahead. In many ways, this morning is not just about a call for the year ahead. It really is a big call. It's about saying, are we looking for people who will say, yes, we're going to sow in this 10-year season ahead. God's putting things together and say, yeah, we're going to link in. We're going to be a part of that. I know that's a big call, but for those of us who've done the journey a little bit, we know how quickly 10 years is. It's just like that, really, isn't it? It's not long. And yet I believe we have the opportunity in our time and our generation to see a move of God so powerful, many flooding into the kingdom of God. And I believe this season of harvest ahead, we're going to begin to see the beginnings of that. And it's going to involve a lot more people pouring their heart out, serving in our community, blessing on our front lines, wherever God has placed us, saying, yes, Lord Jesus, I'm in, I'm part of your unstoppable kingdom plans. And so we do, we need the help of every person with a heart for God's kingdom in this community, this city, and beyond that, really, I believe, to the, to the ends of the earth as part of the plans that God is putting together. And so I want to invite you this morning, church, to look forward with the eyes of faith, to look forward to what God is doing, to, to see this morning, to allow the Spirit of God to stir afresh within you, to anoint and to move among us. That's my prayer for today. The Spirit of God would come, would move among us afresh. There is no greater cause to live for in this life. And He wants to use you. He has called you to be a minister of the gospel, to be a minister of His love and light wherever He's taken you. And so as we close this morning, I'm going to invite Neil to come. I'm going to ask all of us, in fact, just to stand where we are because this is our induction this morning. This is for each and every one of us. We've been called by God and we're asking the Holy Spirit now to come and to fill us by His Holy Spirit afresh. And I can't think of anyone better to do that than Neil as he steps in. Neil's heart and passion to see the kingdom go forward far and wide, I know. And now to ask him just to pray for us, to commission us this morning. Thanks, Neil. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as Your Word says, God, You are the provider of every, every blessing in abundance, in abundance. Lord, we know this Scripture is filled page after page after page with how You have provided for Your people. Lord, we think this morning of Adam and Eve right back there in the Garden of Eden, how You provided them. Lord, we think of the children of Israel in the desert for 40 years. You provided for them every day, Lord, food and water. Their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out, their feet didn't swell. 
You provided for us, Lord, the forgiveness of sins in the Lord Jesus Christ. In His life and His death and resurrection, Lord, that we can know today there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, He provided for us the Spirit because in and on of ourselves, we cannot live the Christian life, Lord, but You can live in us and through us by Your Holy Spirit. Lord, You are the great provider who provides every blessing in abundance. And Lord, the rest of that verse says that we are to go out and we are to share that abundance in every good work. And so, Lord, we pray, we offer ourselves afresh to You this day, Lord. In surrender, we come to You and we say, Lord, use us. Fill us afresh with Your Holy Spirit, Lord. May we not be a church who ever does things, Lord, half-heartedly, that does the minimum, that does just to get by, Lord. But may others see us, Lord, as a church that is a generous church that goes over and above what is expected, that loves others over and above what the world expects, that others would be astounded, Lord, when they see the love that is flowing in us and through us, Lord, the love of God. And so, Lord, may we share that abundance in every good work. May our our spiritual ears and eyes be open to the things that come across us every day, Lord. People that You bring into our lives, people, Lord, sometimes we look back and we feel, Lord, we never would have expected that person to come into our life. But You bring them across our paths, Lord, to love them. Love them with the love of God, Lord. Fill us with that love, we pray today, Lord. As each one of us goes out as ministers of the Gospel, Lord, may we be aware sensitively, Lord, by Your Spirit to know those opportunities that You bring to us, Lord, that we can share with others the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for them. So, Lord, send us out this day. Fill us afresh in You, we pray. In His precious Name, Amen. Thanks, Neil. We're going to respond in worship now. And as we respond, there's an opportunity for you to respond practically as well. Down the front, we have some sheets here where you can write down your name, your email, maybe a frontline missional community where you're already a part of. Or maybe you're not yet there, but God's put something in your heart this morning. God's been stirring in your heart. Yeah, I want to, I want to use that, my, my gym to be a missional community. I want to use that craft group. I want to use that school community. Wherever it is, He's placed you and He's stirring something. Put, you, put that down as well so we can do the journey with you and encourage you in that and pray for you in that. And David's going to get these details and we're going to start praying for you and and supporting you um, however we can on your front lines as well. So make sure you take hold of that and come and write that down. If you're online, there's a Google Doc online as well you can use. We'd love you to be a part of this as well. So make sure you do that. But let's worship together. Let's respond in faith. As we do that as well, Neil's going to be down the front here. If you just want to come and encourage Neil this morning, just affirm him, let him know what a blessing it is to have him joining our team. You come down as well. Just encourage him this morning. But let's worship together and give thanks in Jesus' name. Let's do that.
Thank you for being here with us this morning, stirring in our hearts, filling us with faith afresh, Lord, anointing us, commissioning us for the things you have. And so, Lord, our prayer is that you'll continue finding us a people willing, Lord, to follow you in obedience, Lord, to step into the things you have, that we'd see much blessing flow, even greater than anything we've seen before is our prayer. So continue to use us as your people. Help us to stay humble, dependent on you, seeking you, looking to you in all things, we pray. We ask that through this, you would be glorified. Much blessing would flow. And we ask this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Please be seated. You can still feel free to come forward um, just to write those details down there as well or online if you're online. But God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Don't forget our welcome morning tea. If you're keen to be a part of that, just across the courtyard in our welcome hub there, we'd love to have you for that as well. But God bless you. Look forward to sharing with you again soon.